Kia ora, and welcome to Ven Presents, a series of conversations exploring the depth and richness of the Christian tradition between the host Sam Bloor and members of the Ven team and wider Ven community. Each short series of Ven Presents will expand on some of the themes that have emerged from Ven's work, including our programs, events, books, and our monthly publication, Common Ground. The topics will be wide-ranging, from exploring Christian faith and doctrine to engagement with wider culture, including family, business, the arts, education, music, and sport. Our hope is that through each series of Ven Presents, you'll be able to reimagine how the gospel might look in the communities and callings you find yourself in today. Now let's go ahead and listen to the latest episode. back to part two of this conversation on the Sabbath. My name's Sam Bloor and I'm joined again by John Dennison. John, great to have you back in studio. Oh, great to be back. Ready to learn after part one of what Sabbath is. How do we, how do we do it? How do we now take that the richness of not just, much more than a definition that you gave us last time, but you just opened up just the, the glory of Sabbath being a part right from that very first, the opening chapters of Genesis, where we're invited into the very life and pattern of God as one who Sabbaths. But maybe just to recap, the reasons why this conversation is, is happening, there were certainly some cultural tensions at play or, 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 mm. or appetites really of, mm. of people starting to turn their attention to this conversation in ways that were you know more or often perhaps less helpful depending on whether they were focusing in on the right things and some of what where we might go today will be drawing out some of the differences of that this is not just rest in the the ways that it's sometimes portrayed there was our own learnings along the way and uh, they'll be probably evident as we give examples from our own lives about when this has worked well and when it's gone really badly, yeah. either the attempts of it or for me more often long periods of not doing it and realising that I've actually just violated a pattern in ways that is really now starting to uh, to evidence itself. But then this, this resource that has come out, you guys have put together sure. a book and uh, that's been out, it's, it's, it's available, How to Sabbath Well, Learning God's Rhythms of Rest. Mm. And part of that is makes the the very turn that we're doing from this part one, what is the Sabbath, to this part two. You, uh, do you want to speak a little bit to to that as you sat down as a resource team? How did you divide up? You know, you 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 took that that one of the first essays there, the rather you know longer piece on unpacking some of the the theological themes in and around Sabbath. Mm. Um, did you sort of sit down and go, okay, we need a Need one piece that's practical. We need this piece. We need that piece. We need it right up that that way. How did it uh, play out? I mean, I I I feel I want to say I'm sure, you know, most of the listeners have just sighing a sigh of relief. Now we're through part one, and it's like finally, we're going to talk about how you actually do this because um, the the Sabbath ceasing, uh, this this rhythm that we're called to, into is is a practice. It's something we do it's it's not just an aspect of Israel's history it's not just a it's not some um, sort of um, principle that that just floats out there um, it's not merely a biblical theme it's something that we participate in and, and step into and so it's a practice that we learn I mean that certainly shaped how we thought about uh, this book this this we felt very much given this a practice given the questions people are asking asking, how do I learn to rest well? How do I rest well? How do I learn that? What does that look like? Um, what can I expect? All of those questions have shaped how we've put this book together. Um, in addition to, hey, what are we talking about? Are we talking about work-life balance or are we talking about something um, more? Um, if, if you haven't listened to part one, the answer to that question is yes, we're talking about more. Um, so go back and listen to that. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about what it looks like. Yes. There's a line from a book called Mudhouse Sabbath written by Lauren Winner. Uh, well, it's more, more than a line. She actually explains uh, over a couple of paragraphs 
the difference perhaps between some of our Christian understandings, and she, I think probably speaking from maybe a, a North American evangelical understanding uh, of certain things versus a, a Jewish one, she says, you know, for Jews, action was for Jews what uh, what belief is for, for Christians, particularly evangelical Christians, you know, mm. um, where she says our Focus tends to be on getting our thinking on this right. You know, are we, are we thinking about this right? And I think the last, um, it's not that that's insignificant. We need need our thinking right. <laughs> you know, often bad action flows from a bad understanding. Uh, we did that, but she, she sort of said that there is something in the in the Jewish way of understanding this, where you actually you just you t- you, you make your body do it, yeah. and and the, yeah. the the change comes as you as you do it. It's a Sabbath thing. Yeah. Your book is on the Sabbath. You 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 live into it. You yeah. you, you start, and so our our tentative beginnings in this are going to come with a full range of of the frustrations that come with that. The joys when we actually discover little moments of it, but the frustrations of it not working out. The uh, maybe sometimes the griefs of, of of things that we're we're having to let go of in this time. Mm-hmm. But then often to sort of like a a deeper and more subtle sweetness that can come after that. Yeah. We're going to experience all of this as we dive in, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're touching on, Sam, is uh, this is something we learn. Mm. You think about what happens when you learn. Um, it's, well, there's failure. Yes. Um, there's understanding that grows. It, it grows, yeah, as you, as you reflect it, and, and talk and ponder um, scripture and so on. It also grows as you live into um, the practice but in relation to the as you do things um, as you do things with your body as you live in time uh, differently uh, and we'll we'll talk about some of what that looks like but I think it's helpful at the top to say keeping the Sabbath uh, this God's rhythm of rest is something that we learn so we can have patience for ourselves um, we can expect it won't feel comfortable. Um, some folk have noticed that as they embrace a, a fuller pattern of Sabbath keeping that there's a kind of sadness that comes upon them or, or a fretfulness yeah. that comes yeah. upon them. It's actually it's a bit challenging. But that's We can expect that. We know that from other things, uh, other parts of our life where we learn things, it's not always plain sailing. Uh, but as we persevere, understanding grows, and a new rhythm is established. Um, the other thing I'd want to say just at the top is that Sabbath as a practice is a work of community. It, it, it is a conversation we need to be having as households, uh, as groups of friends, um, as church communities. Um, we need to learn to find ways to have this learning conversation mm. and to uh, establish and learn together, establish a, a rhythm. And it strengthens our individual ability to do that. There's a great moment in a video with um, our mate Eugene Peterson. He says, keep a Sabbath. <laughs> He's got that sandpaper voice. <laughs> keep a Sabbath. Keep a Sabbath. The whole world is against the Sabbath, right? Um, yes. And and as you seek to live into this, it's the case. The whole world is against it. Yes. Our world is not set up for this um, anymore. It used to be in certain ways. The world is not set up for this. Um, our highly wired, as we like to say, connected world is not set up for this. Also, our own hearts. Um, are really pulled in all kinds of directions. And so um, embracing this as a work of community is something we need to think about. And we'll talk about some of what that could look like. I've really enjoyed some of the examples that we've seen actually evidenced in, in your guys' life and family, actually. And I can draw on that conversation that I had with Jana that's actually in, mm. in the resource, where she said, you know, some, sometimes by good luck rather than good management you guys have stumbled into certain things oh. that, that you have that you have done with others and so sabbathing for you guys has been something where there were a couple of people in your church that really were looking uh, for mm. almost a, 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 a space and time of sanctuary from mm. the mm. just the 
the chaos of life, the busyness mm. of life, and found in your home something of that, which you might have had your eyebrows shoot up at that point and go, gosh, uh, how different things can look from the outside looking in rather than from the inside oh. peering out. But they did that, and that you guys embraced that sort of as a, as a group of friends. Well, embraced, stumbled into, and I should right. say, yeah. Earth's early days. Uh, we're currently in the middle of um, renovating at home, and so the kitchen's all over the shop, and the bathroom's about to be destroyed. So uh, that that pattern that we we've been learning to lean into is, has been disrupted uh, for this brief season. But um, uh, yeah, I I I mean we can unpack that a bit more fully about um, some of that learning, um, but it's. It's something we must learn to do together, to encourage each other and mm. to ask each other about. Mm. Um, there's, um, yeah, again, there's, there's things in the resource that I could point to say. We'll come to that, though. Yeah. I think one of the things maybe at the, at the start that I liked as a way of just a, a, a beginning posture mm. was, and this might have been almost a throwaway comment that Jana made, where she said, oh, you know, if, if we're talking even just behaviours within our family, you know, she said, let's say my, the, the boys are asking for more screen time. And I'm like, well, look, I don't want screen time. We're not a family that does it. And actually saying, saying what we're a family, uh, what we are about as a family, yes. she's found a lot more productive than the, what, we're, what we're not about. You know? yes. so we, 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 we don't do lots of Fortnite or we don't do lots of PlayStation or we don't do, rather than, oh, no, we, actually, we actually a family that make, makes time for reading. It yeah. makes time for making things with our hands, makes yeah. time for uh, st- things done in community, things done together. Yeah. And then, sure, I'm not going to get you to give a blow-by-blow account of your, your son's screen time, John, but that's a, it seems to me a far healthier way of approaching it. And I'm, I'm thinking that her mind went there, that's why she mentioned it. Same around Sabbath. Sabbath's not, rather than a day where I don't do this and I don't do that, I don't do, actually, I found that really helpful. Sabbath is a day where I get to participate with God in X. Yeah. Well, I get to lean into this. I get to, and framing it in positive ways. I think even just before we dive into what some of the specifics were coming out of that, I, I just found that a really helpful first posture. Yeah. I, there's a phrase, right, that that um, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Right. Um, <laughs> and this is a work of culture building. Um. Eugene says the whole world is against the Sabbath. There's a culture that we're coming up against, a way of life that we're coming up against, that we're being pushed and pulled by. Um, and while uh, rules and, and principles can be helpful um, uh, benchmarks, I suppose, they don't particularly enable uh, behavior over the long term. Um, this is a work of culture building, and that's one reason it's a work of community, is to say, this is who we are, this is how we do things. And again, just to look back at part one, part of the reason it's so good to dwell in this theme that overarches all of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, is that it funds our culture building and our imagination for Sabbath keeping, um, something Israel understood in ways I can barely fathom um but there's such good gifts there for us and yeah let's learn to do it together we're going to be spending probably a bulk of our time in the next half hour or so unpacking some of the movements that olivia whitney discussed in her piece yeah uh, in in the resource Uh, and she's really borrowing from as she does in the spiritual disciplines and practices you know we, we actually spend a week on on that one of our Wednesday mornings is spent on uh, kind of Sabbath and learning to rest well and she she draws on Marvadorn stuff for that teaching as well mm. she does in the article as well mm. and particularly this kind of four-part um, kind of process we go through or, yeah. or maybe journey we go on uh, with Sabbath of yeah. ceasing of resting of embracing and of feasting. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll work through those kind of four movements. I actually, for the record, I really like it when someone just hands you a little rubric like that. You know, that you, we yeah. can always pick holes in them and say, but it's really nice when someone gives you something just to go, okay, how am I, how am I going with those 
kind of uh, movements with it. So um, her piece is, is what we call a practice. It's a, um, an exposition of, hey, here's what this might look like in my life. In relation to Sabbath, part of the wisdom is we need to discern the shape of our Sabbath rest. Life has different seasons. Sometimes I'm living with small kids. Sometimes um, I'm flatting in a house at housemates. Um, sometimes I've got teenagers and they're all over the shop with extracurricular claims and on their time and so on. And so the shape of Sabbath uh, changes over the course of a lifetime and according to life circumstances. And it's something we've tried to bring out. And Right, so um, the, the shape of the resource was, was sort of framed around people in different seasons of yeah. life and in different kind of... Uh, you know, living setups and yeah. all of that sort of thing. Yeah, so rather than give a one-size-fits-all, here's how to Sabbath, we've created a process for discerning the shape of Sabbath rest, and um, that right. is part of what would be great to unpack here. Where I want to begin, though, is to say oh, there are some basics. Um, talked about community, talked about learning. Um, another thing to say is when we talk about um, a, a Sabbath rest, we're talking about a 24-hour period typically from sundown to sundown. Um, and the Christian tradition is settled for the most part on celebrating that on the Lord's Day on, on Sunday. So that means Saturday night, sundown, to Sunday night, sundown. And that's, if you think about it more, even more if you, if you try it, that's a profound pattern. Um, I begin my resting um, by giving thanks, having a meal, going to bed. I begin my resting with rest. Yes. And I, I step into the Lord's Day on the morning um, already rested, already. Uh, and this is following the Genesis pattern of there was evening, there was morning. Quite practically, um, I, I think it's a nice way to enter the week that you reach... Sunday evening, the sun's gone down and you can turn your thoughts to the week to come and, you know, iron your shirts or whatever you need to do. So um, uh, that's, that's what we're talking about, a 24-hour period. And I'd suggest try the sundown to sundown, see yes. what you notice. Yes. There's, there's good gifts there. Now, exactly when you observe that does depend on life circumstance. And Christians have... have taken the knowledge of the fullness of what Jesus has done and they said actually there is a, a freedom here to uh, take up the wisdom of Sabbath and to use this wisely sometimes shift work means I can't observe the Sabbath on the Lord's Day mm. um, sometimes you know typically if I'm in a, a Christian ministry um, and ministering across a Sunday many people in in our Christian ministry, we'll take a Sabbath at another point in the week. Yes. Yes. Still 24 hours, though, um, that we're talking about. I'd, 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 having said that, um, that's not to say that, that Sabbath is, is something that you repurpose according to your likes and dislikes. Um, whichever day you observe it on, it's not... I, my Sabbath, I, I keep my Sabbath on this day. There is a, a I want to suggest, a kind of objectivity to this practice. Uh, the sun goes down. Whether I've got my head in the right space or not, it might be a Sunday, it might be a Monday, but it's the Sabbath. Right. And certain things flow from that. And uh, so finding ways to observe the Sabbath with a kind of objectivity where you have to submit to the, the rhythm, yes. to, to agree to be a creature in time, yes. to accept the limits of that, to receive the gifts of that, to feel the burn of that. Um, that's a good thing. Yes. Um, but again, this is something we need to discern. We're learning, so let's, let's do that. One of the protests I have heard historically has been, doesn't, you often find you're not talking about this for too long when the legalism word will come up. Yeah, on the protest. Uh, right. I wouldn't want to get legalistic about this. Yeah, yeah. I've always found that quite curious in, in various pastoral settings where I'm kind of like, I think you're a long way off this getting legalistic. You know, I'd sometimes hear that same said about fasting. You know, yeah. I wouldn't want to get fasting. I wouldn't want to get legalistic about fasting. And I'm thinking, 
hey mate, you just you just start fasting. I'll I'll let you know when it's getting legalistic, right? <laughs> like, and sometimes this is one of the dangers of just going to scripture and thinking we just we just follow exactly the pattern that we see there because I think Jesus is for some of his followers addressing some very different postures to ones that we're currently wrestling with. Yes, uh, our, our postures probably around this are, are not. Um, one, our danger is not one of legalism, but yeah. probably of feeling too much "quote unquote" freedom to make it look and feel the way we wanted to, or not do it at all. Feel we're, that, that we're beyond this, and I think some of what we're seeing with this growing appetite in in sort of re recovery of this mm. has been, uh, and we mentioned in the last uh, sort of session on this that we're, we're joining a conversation that's been happening for a while, but a recovery of this has been actually going. No, we've we've probably taken that freedom too far. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where we take Jesus' words. Hey, um, man's not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath's made for man, um, and we take that as license to say, "Oh, great, yeah, cool, yeah." Uh, we can we can just set aside this whole um, this whole yeah, rigid oh. pattern, and you know, John, you you mentioned that that sort of. Part last time when we were doing the part one to this, you mentioned the passage where they're walking through and, and plucking the heads of grain. Right. Anyone who knows me well will know knows that I'm a fan of the Chosen, the, the series. Yeah. Uh, I haven't quite got to the point where I'm praying to Jonathan Rumi yet, although one of the fellows right. on a fellowship <laughs> recently asked me, "Is it kind of weird if when I start to pray to Jesus, I'm starting to think of Jonathan Rumi, who's the actor who plays him?" <laughs> and uh, so we had a bit of a, a chuckle about that. But this is really captured well in in that. When they when they depict that scene, mm. and uh, you you mentioned this, you know, sort of Jesus, he's when he when he sort of Peter, it's Peter who rips the grain off and starts eating it, mm. and he he sort of looks, someone sort of says almost under their breath, you know, Shabbat, you know, Sabbath, mm. and he starts spitting it out, spitting the the, the, the wheat out all over the, the ground, mm. and he looks up at Jesus. Oh, I'm really sorry, I was just so hungry, mm. and Jesus kind of looks around and looks at them and looks around at the fields around and goes, no. You, you may. And they all dive into the fields and start eating. So they've obviously all been ravenous. But he, he doesn't, uh, you mentioned that he doesn't just go, oh, what the hell? You know, I've, I've come to abolish yeah. all of that. There's a, there's a fittingness here to it. And I really like that two-part two sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, man wasn't made for, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. I think for, for their time, they needed to hear you know, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. I think in our time, we need to hear the first half of it. Sabbath was made for man. Sabbath was made for for men and women, for humankind. Uh, they were being invited, as we went into in that last one, invited into the patterns of being, the ways of being of God himself. God himself, of creation. Jesus is not Lord beyond the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. That pattern of creation, of of a day of of rest and completeness that's completed in the life of Jesus, the life and work, death, resurrection. Jesus raised on the eighth day, this day of fullness, this day of promise when all things will be restored, this day that we live in anticipation of. Um, the Sabbath is full of that. Um, and so I think you're absolutely right. We we need to learn. It, it's a gift to us. Mm. And... Whether um, our learning is so full that we live in that Sabbath space all the time so that each day is full of that knowledge of God's presence and God's kingdom coming in Christ. Or whether it's that, as is you know, practical for a lot of us and a good space for learning, that we observe it on one day. The call is to learn what that means. So should we dive into that four-part pattern that Marva Dawn invites us into, mm. her observations in and around it uh, that Olivia unpacks so well uh, in her kind of practice article yeah. of ceasing, resting, embracing, uh, and feasting. And, and we'll need some discernment. You've talked about that prior discernment of knowing the season you're in. We'll need some discernment as to what that each of those parts looks like. Uh, at, at different seasons in our own lives. But do you want to kick us off with, with ceasing? Do you want to just make a few sort of comments at the start as we begin this moment, Shabbat, to stop? Yeah. I think there's part of us that just wants to run on to the feasting bit, right? <laughs> but the, 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 um, Olivia and Olivia's drawing on, on Marva Dawn's book, Keeping the Sabbath Holy, 
amazing book from from the eighties and lots of her own learning uh, threaded through that book. And it's, it, it's keeping the Sabbath holy, isn't it? W H O L L Y. Completely. So she's got yeah. a wordplay there. Uh-huh. Are we are we keeping this the way it was given to us, or are we picking and choosing little aspects? Hence the racing to feasting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's where she begins. Ceasing. Shabbat means uh, ceasing, stop, stopping. Um, to to Sabbath is to stop. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. This, in one sense, that's what we're talking. That's what we're talking about. Stop. Yes. <laughs> uh, stop. Now, um, it means uh, a posture of relinquishing, mm. of desisting from things. Mm. And I think um, so. I I put work down. Mm. Um, now there's a whole question there what what qualifies as work and you and your conversation with Jana I think this is really lodged with me Sam um, you have a phrase of am I trying to get ahead on on, yes. on the Sabbath I, I need to be doing things where I'm not trying to get ahead at all yes. uh, and there's real wisdom in that that we think oh it, it's the Sabbath I'll, I'll read a book I'll, I'll read a book I'll read that book that I didn't get a chance to read during the week that's going to help me with this thing to come, you know. That's it, um, yeah. So, you know, as you've rightly said, we're not, we're not trying to get ahead. We're stopping. It's almost like we're not, we're not um, merely resting in order to be more productive. There's a, a harder stop, a, a deeper invitation. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, uh, we hate this idea as late moderns. We fret if we're told no. Everything rises up in us and goes, what do you mean I have to cease? What do you mean I have to stop? What do you mean I can't? Um, and we read the Mosaic law and we're like, oh, look at all these laws and all this rules and this is not the life we're called to. Um, well, uh, I would say Try stopping, then let's have that conversation. Let let's just have a day where you put the tools down. Yes, and for me, what what was really helpful, and I I think I might have borrowed that phrase from somewhere, or or certainly modified. Um, I think Brueggemann talks about I, I will not try to be more in any area of my life. And so for me, it was kind of like, yes, it's that. It's it's sort of the getting ahead thing for me, sort of really, it fitted well. Um, I don't need to be across that today. I found it in a a weird way, um, and it sounds like a small thing, but early COVID days, when the sort of the numbers of COVID cases, you know, it was like, I can go without not knowing the COVID cases for one day a week, Mm. I'll be fine. I can catch up with that Monday morning. Yeah. I don't need to be flicking my phone on, scrolling through that, clicking onto an article, getting a bit concerned because one of the epidemiologists is saying this or that. I can catch up with that news yeah. uh, unless one of my immediate family happens to be one of those cases, in which case I've got other mahi to do in and around caring for them. Sure. But I just noticed how I was trying to I was trying to be across that, trying to get the headlines on that. I was trying to do this or that. And... On the flip side, feeling a remarkable freedom to do certain things. So I think one of the examples I gave is I, I quite happily mow a lawn on a Sunday. Mm. I don't get to do physical stuff during the week. I don't get to be outside smelling the, the smell of fresh cut grass. And mm. so to do that on a, on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. followed by a, a sort of a cold beer in the sun, mm. that's remarkably restful for me. That's mm. remarka- And so I think we do have to apply... Uh, not quite a pharisaical, but if we went through the certain items mm. with, with the Lord right there beside us, we'd sort of know which of the columns to put it in. Is this a column that's yeah. going to be restful for me? Is it a, is it a column that's not? Um, and I know we'll get to this under rest, John, because you, you, you're going to want to re- critique active resting. Um, yeah. I can see you wanting to dive in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Some of that. We'll get there. Um, I mean... Just to riff off what you're saying, Sam, I let's name this. It's uncomfortable to stop. Okay, 
couple of responses. One is that you could go, I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. The other response is to say, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, what? I'm just noticed that. I'm noticing that I feel like I'm useless. I feel like I'm not producing anything. Oh, that's interesting. There's gold there. What does that tell you about yourself, John? What's that mm. revealing? Mm. Uh, the other thing, though, I'm not trying to get ahead, or as you put it with Brigham's word, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not trying to get more, be, be, more. be more. Yeah, um, is that ceasing calls us to a posture of trust. Uh, we we're given into the world. Other hands bring us into the world. Other hands will usher us out of the world. Gift hems our life around, characterizes our life. And to cease is to um, rest in the knowledge that my life is given by God. I'm a creature. And I also, as we say in some liturgies of the church, only God can save us. I can't secure my life by working the margins here, even on this day of rest. God is my rescue. Uh, God is the one who provides, ultimately. Even my work, even the fruit of my hands that comes from God, it all points back to him. And so this day of ceasing is a wonderful reframe on where we frequently go in our hearts during the week in terms of work and, and who we are. Mm. Um, so, you know, the question that Olivia gives us is, just this, what do I need to stop doing in order to step into Sabbath rest? What's going to enable me to rest? What do I need to relinquish? Um, yeah. And so if we turn now to that second movement of resting, mm. you know, there's, a, there's a ceasing, there's, a, there's an attempt to kind of stop, mm. and then we, there's a movement uh, into resting. Mm. This isn't just the vegging out that we used to talk about in our flat at uni or the, or the blobbing, is it? There's, there's, something, there's something more to it than that. It's not just a, I'm literally so rinsed that all I can do is just scroll through Netflix channels. No, no, no. We're not talking about a boom and bust. I mean, I, just to be clear, no problem with beanbags or being in your PJs all day. Um, but the rest that we're talking about is... Um, well, let's go back to the beginning of the story that the Lord rested. Um, in a sense, in terms of the structure of that first uh, poem in Genesis 1, we're looking back with the Lord at everything that's been made. We're looking at creation, and there's a delight, there's a goodness, um, there's a fullness that characterizes that day. And so what is it that helps me abide in creation, delight in creation, mm. what is it that leads me to delight in God's presence and uh, to be, you know, it makes me think of one of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 131, I've stilled and quieted my soul. My soul's like a, a weaned child, a child who no longer needs breastfeeding. I, um, I'm content, I'm resting with God. Um, and it's a, a picture I've, I, this is a day where I, I get to just be with God even sometimes on the Sabbath um, in terms of my prayer rhythms I'm like I, I don't need to intercede for so and so I don't this day I can just stop and in fact in rest um, some of the Jewish observance on the Sabbath day Abraham Heschel writes about this quite movingly in his book The Sabbath Certain conversations are just taken off the table. Yeah, problem-solving, life-solving conversations, um, conflict resolutions. Now, there's a, there's a time and a place for that, but they 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 can just get paused for those days. And it's it, yeah. So leaning into this posture, leaning into understanding um, that God is a loving provider is is really important i should say though it's really uncomfortable yes yeah. at, at, at points we're not used to it i have enjoyed listening to the lectio 365 app um, yeah. and there's certain reasons for that i find sometimes if i open up a passage of scripture to read it mm. it just because of the time i spend doing that during my week 
in other settings to, to mm. teach or do other things. It just postures me in a certain way. And so I just find by handing over that first 10 minutes to an audio journey that gets to take me on that, right. uh, I've just that in itself is an act of relinquishment mm. uh, in certain ways. But they do something separate and, and different every Sunday. They have a, a Sabbath version of even the devotional. Okay. Where it's, it's a different shape and it, it just postures you differently. And it's mm. not about challenging your devotional life to grow in this or to do this. It's about posturing ourselves in the sorts of ways we're, we're talking about. Yeah, hey, lest I forget too, John, um, made a crack at sort of Netflix there. Our sometimes, if when we're in a, a season of doing this well, it will sometimes include a, a, a well-chosen Netflix movie that we might watch as a family together or Jules yeah. and I might once the kids are down actually go, you know what, we... We really love doing this. Jill's studied film and television. She loves watching a, a good film. So, you know, I'm not meaning that crack to say those things are, are off the table. No. But I think most of us know the difference between that sort of almost um, uh, frantic scrolling through just something to just occupy my time yeah. versus a, a way of stepping into that a bit more intentionally. Yeah, I mean, um, one of our friends, their family rhythm is to watch a nature documentary on on a Sunday afternoon, it's, yeah, it, nice. there's, yeah. there's screens in play, but it's it, it's um, content that's sending them out into the world, that's yeah. opening their eyes to the wonder of God's creation, uh, that's filling their imaginations, that's enabling um, the week to come in certain ways that um, I oh, fill in the blank, but other content won't do that. Absolutely, um, you yes. Know, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I I think. Just the act of resting thing, we are wired differently, right? Um, and it's good to to name that. But I I think the Sabbath as a practice is embodied, um, and it is good to learn to be still, um, and to be quiet. I frequently nap on a Sunday afternoon. Seems to be the new rhythm as I hit uh, forty five at the end of this month. Um, and actually, that for me. Um, feels like a uh, really running against the grain of how I'm wired. Mm. Um, so to embrace that is a great gift. It's mm. not always that comfortable, uh, yes. but it's quite important for me, who otherwise in the rest of my life, I'm physically, typically uh, very active um, across the week in different ways. Um, so yeah, I'd just say, just try it. Just try it. Try the resting thing. The third movement is embracing. So, you know, there's a there's a, a ceasing, desisting, yeah. to rest, and then yeah. a, a picking up of certain things, yeah. an embracing of certain things that God's invited us into. Yeah, so I mean, this is where I speak, put your speak to that a little bit. This is where I put your lawn mowing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I suppose yeah. more than more than ceasing. There's a sense as you tell that as I listen to you, I'm like, Sam is embracing. He's embracing yes, yes, great. this experience, um, even talking about the smell of it, the grass and all of that. Um, so what is, what is this? To, we're called to embrace who God is, to embrace our life with God. We're called to embrace God, um, God's creation. Um, so I, I think in very simple terms, let's talk about those two things. Let's talk about worship and church. Um, in congregational worship, gathered worship on a Sunday. Let's talk about being in creation. Um, I I think the quest is interesting chatting about Sabbath in church with people. That a number of us say, "Hey, church isn't that restful." And I don't want to do a deep unpack of that here, but to say there are questions there that sometimes the way we do church. Is seems like a um, a Jesus languaged way that we do the rest of the week, and um, we need to look at church culture and we need to think about uh, how we gather um, and mark the Lord's day, and whether it's really shaped by um, uh, who God is and and the life of the churches that's given in Scripture. So there there is that challenge. Different ones of us who might be in ministry, say, have to work through, oh, how do I 
do Sabbath rest. But um, the call together and to embrace the life, the life that God's given us is a life with one another. There's no love of God without love of others. Mm. Church is um, a hospital for sinners. It's a school for forgiveness. It's a place where we learn life together. And um, it, it, it's part of God's gifts to us. We embrace God's presence together. We embrace our life together. Um, I think just to talk quite practically, how often do I prepare myself to come and worship? Yeah, I really liked the way you guys have drawn that out. Yeah, how often do I um, embrace what's what's going on? Yes. Often I think the way we set up church and the posture that we come with, we have a bit of a spectator posture and we're watching the music unfold and we're deciding which song we'll sing and trying to work out how moved we are and whether we feel this or that. Rather than saying, this is the Lord's day, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. It's the day he's made. The people have gathered, the people are singing, and sure, the guitar's not quite in tune, or it's not my favorite song, or the theology's a little bit off on this particular lyric. Are you embracing, are you stepping into this worship? Um, are you coming to give thanks? And I think it's a call in a way, embracing is a call to humility. It's to say, yes, I will receive the gifts that God has put in front of me rather than only pick up those things that are to my liking. I think as I reflect on that invitation to embrace, it might be that the, the Lord actually brings other things to mind as well mm. uh, that need re-embracing. I, I know I've had to, you know, have him remind me that, that even at the ages when my kids have been challenging, it's just to, to embrace them. They're right. the family that yeah. he has gifted to me yeah. and to actually step in more purposefully to that. Mm. Anytime, all of the time, but actually there there should be, ideally there should be a spaciousness to that Sabbath time yeah. that allows me to really enjoy that. And so yeah. whereas there might be other days of the week where I have to reply, no, I'm too busy for that. There might be, you know, on if Sabbath is being done well, more space to actually hear what the little concerns uh, of a seven-year-old are yeah. and sit with her for a moment yep. and actually embrace yep. that time of life there. So I, I, I do wonder whether the Lord and his grace will, will surface things for people as they take that time. Yeah, or embrace a couple with my flatmate instead of passing like ships in the night as we do yeah. during the week. Totally. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so finally we come to feasting, and this is the one we've all been waiting for. Is it, John? This is the, the bit we wanted to fast forward to? Well, it depends to. who's coughing, I think, Sam. <laughs> Would a good place to start be the summary that Olivia gives? Oh, in sure. piece? Yeah, I, yeah. I, do, that's that so out? good. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. The final movement is feasting. The Sabbath is about joy and enjoyment. We feast because the Sabbath is a special day set apart by God for God's people to imitate him. To feast is to acknowledge and remember God's good creation, made out of an overflow of God's love. This is the day to gather with others, to give thanks for God's goodness, and to break bread in fellowship together. It's a day to enjoy the fruits of our labor, to enjoy good food and drink, because we recognize that God gives life abundantly. In feasting, we also remember the redemption that Jesus Christ won for us, giving us the gift of true freedom. On the Sabbath, we worship with the gathered church and feast at the Lord's table, remembering the ways our sin has been forgiven by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in this feasting, we are proclaiming Jesus' promise that he will come again to make all things right. This is good news. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the four movements we're describing here aren't a sequence. They're aspects of Sabbath keeping. So we talked about worship. And the Christian worship uh, centers on the Eucharist, on communion. And it centers on the celebration of, of the Lord's table, of his gift of life, of living from the food that God gives, which is his own life in Christ. Um, and that's what Olivia's touching on there. 
by extension, I think, mm. there's a life that flows from that, a vision of human life is sustained by God, is delighting in God's gifts. Mm. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do with this resource was to um, to create a way, and in, in a way this is um, uh, honoring um, Jewish practices of um, Shabbat uh, meal on a Friday night is part of our Jewish practice. Um, we're not seeking to replicate that or appropriate it for Christian purposes, but there's a precedent there that we're mindful of. Out of that, we thought, let's make a way to step into the Sabbath um, that's marked by the story of Jesus mm. and is centered on a meal. And so um, a friend of Venn's, um, Reverend uh, Sonia Luthwaite, um, who's, she's a very uh, skilled with writing liturgy, so writing a, a, a form of prayer. Um, and this is something that, that she seeks in different ways in her own life. She's created this liturgy. Um, and the basic movements are to come to remember who God is. So we turn to Scripture, we open Scripture together briefly. Then there's a prayer of relinquishment, mm. of ceasing and resting, if you like, of letting things go. Mm. And that is, let me say, doing that on a Saturday night is is profound. Um, lighting of candles, remembering who, that's part of the remembering who God is. But um, And then a blessing, wow. blessing one another around the table. Yes. Um, and a sharing of a meal. And she's she's written two versions. One is a version for um, to use with kids, small kids. Right. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, Lucy Collingwood, one of our colleagues, um, provided a number of suggestions of meals that you could cook that would be work well with this liturgy. Yes. So, look, not the only way to do it, but I, I just, um, I'm so uh, delighted with with what Sonia's put together and um, it's it's a wonderful taste of what it looks like to feast um, on the Sabbath. Now, when we say feasting, um, we're not talking like top shelf, opulent, over the top displays of, it's not sort of gospel take on house and garden or, you know. Yes, um, I hear what you're saying. Master yeah, Chef or yeah. Um, but there's an enjoyment of it that makes it a feast, isn't there? There's a yeah. there's a stepping right into it. Uh, as we've been preparing for these couple of sessions, one of the things that's come to mind has been how much I have enjoyed uh, my Christmas present to myself last year, last Christmas, which was a, a barbecue with an offset smoker. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so I've had uh, not dozens of meals, but, but probably a dozen since mm. Christmas of really slowly done um, cooked meat, obviously on the on the barbecue. We've experimented with some other things with oh, varying success. So but, good. Um, what I like about that is that you can't fast forward that process, and so you've got to begin uh, mm. at least several hours out from when you want to eat. Uh, often that means you extend the invitation earlier. So I can just think of a couple of afternoons where my my brother and his boys have come over, and we've we've begun that process in the sort of the mid to late afternoon. And it's just played out. And mm. that meal has required my attention, but actually not all of my attention. So mm. we, we sort of go over and we, you know, blow it and make sure it's all going and we yeah. check the temperature gauge and see what, what's happening with that. But we get to just kind of be with each other as well or, or with other guests that have come over yeah. and do that. And it plays out over time yeah. in a way that makes it a feast. The, the cut of meat we've stuck in there might have been very, very modest. Um, but the way that it plays out turns it into a feast. Yeah. And I've liked the way that that has forced me into a slower way of doing it. Yeah, that's great, Sam. Might be the fact that I live in Wellington, but in our house it's a slow cooker rather than this the <laughs> the slow oh, barbecue. Not as fun to poke with a stick, <laughs> no. though, John. That's the bit I was, you know, panhead in one hand and a, a kind of a, you know, Jules will look out the window. Just leave the thing alone. It'll it'll be fine. Yeah. But that's not the point. The yeah. point is in the in the sort of the the, the semi attention while while you're chatting and while you're enjoying yeah. all of those other good gifts God's given. Yeah. Us the the gift of one another. Yeah. Uh, and of that that time. Christians are people who feast. 
known for feasting. Jesus was criticized for eating and drinking and this sense of celebration that surrounds what God is doing. It doesn't mean that we don't know how to mourn with those who mourn or fast at the right time. That should characterize our life also. But I think in these, these are tighter times, right, mm. you know, mm. economically, and to learn creative, simple, um, God-honoring ways of feasting um, is a prophetic act yes. and a hopeful thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, we are drawing to a close. John, have I got time to just make one more observation that's come to me just in this week as we've been prepping for this? Um, one of the things that Jesus does um, when he gives that that sort of famous come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, mm. uh, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He, he is he is referencing there the, the yoke of Egypt that was broken off. There's a, I've heard commentators saying that he, he's intentionally using that word yoke mm. because it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and broke that yoke off you. Mm. Where Eugene Peterson goes with that, um, with that passage, he says, I won't lay anything, meaning the yoke, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Mm. And I just wonder whether... I've certainly had to relook at this again, seeing as we've gone back over in preparation for this, reading my own interview with Yana and realizing I've probably taken on some things that have been a bit ill-fitting. They may have not come from the Lord. Mm. And that if I'm to recapture and relearn this and step into this, I'm probably going to have to ask him, what have I taken on that actually wasn't of you? Mm. It's not quite the right fit. I'm not meaning that every bit of every shred of discomfort is evidence that we're in the wrong place or we're doing the wrong things. But I, I just wonder whether for some people listening, they just need that permission to go back over a bit of a stock take. Lord, what have what have you laid on me? But what's what's ill fitting? Mm. What wasn't meant to be there? It hasn't come from you. Mm. And it's actually one of the blockers to me being able to step into this as a pattern. Mm. That's good. Mm. I think it goes on in that translation to say Learn the unforced rhythms Absolutely. of truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the that's the my mum's favourite line, actually, John. Oh. That unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful way. Eh? Hey, thank you for this, John. Thanks for uh, oh. again. I mentioned in the first episode the amount of work that's gone into to the resource to the 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 pieces that you have written yourself, mm. uh, the, the the longer essay in there, uh, but also just your. Your attention to it as, as heading up these resources mm. uh, must have been, you know, great to have got it over the line. Great satisfaction to see it out there and available for people. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks, Sam. It's been great to be here, and yeah, I mean, our hope is that it's a blessing to the church. Um, uh, yeah, the Lord bless His church, um, and our hope is that that this can be a good thing. Yeah, so if you haven't got one already, make sure you get a copy of that, How to Sabbath Well, Learning God's Rhythms of Rest. John, thanks for coming on, man. It's been so good to chat. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. See ya.